Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thethriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. 
Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us on the Thrive Bites podcast. This is season four, and we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine, and I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant-powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live, we're taking it on multiple platforms, and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this, and please remember to like and subscribe down below, and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You can be anywhere in the world, and I really appreciate you spending just a few moments with us with, uh, with us here today. So um, I cannot wait to introduce uh, the next guest. Um, her name is Dr. Sharon Grossman, and uh, she is the author of the international bestseller, The 7E Solution to Burnout transforming high achievers from exhausted to extraordinary. I like that. She's the founder of the Exhausted to Extraordinary uh, model. And over the past 19 years has helped over 500 physicians, entrepreneurs, and executives reshape their thinking and go from fried and frazzled to energized and exhilarated. I love the alliteration. And uh, she talks about topics, a whole wide range of topics, um, going over emotional intelligence, uh, burnout, self-care, optimal performance, and last but not least, mindset. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Sharon Grossman. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. I am uh, super thrilled for you to just spend a few moments with us. Um, how has everything been going and uh, where are you calling from? Yeah, so uh, we are right now in Miami Beach. We recently relocated from San Francisco. So it's been an interesting few months just kind of packing and selling the house and moving and traveling cross country. But we're here, we're settled and uh, super excited, as I said, to be here and really start to share this message with the people who need it the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I can't wait. Uh, we were talking a little bit offline. And uh, we we're just saying how these principles can be applicable to almost everyone, right? So, um, so I can't wait to get into the nitty gritty. Um, so I like to start off by the origin, right? From how does, you know, our, uh, how do you go from point A to point B, you know, your origin story? And how did you arrive to being in a position where, um, you know, you get motivated, fired up, um, just really, really driven to helping others to get out of burnout and, you know, optimizing self-care and shifting to, a, you know, a more positive mindset. Like, how did that come about for you? Well, it's, there's so many components to your question. So really what I would say is that I, so I, I'm a trained psychologist and I've been doing therapy for many, many years. And I decided that I really wanted to uh, start doing coaching primarily. And I really had to ask myself, what kind of business do I want to lead? How do I want to spend my time? And most importantly, 
who do I want to work with? And that was a really crucial and strategic question because as I'm building my business, I want to make sure that it is the kind of life that I want to create. And I've always been very much driven by the value of lifestyle. So if it's something that is going to promote a lifestyle where I feel like I'm in my passion and I'm helping people, then that's what I want to do. And so as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, there are certain kinds of people that I enjoy working with the most. They tend to be people who are highly driven. Um, And so one of the questions that I was asking myself is, what is one of the things that they struggle with that I can help them? And I came across burnout. And as I started to do some reading and research on the topic, one of the things that struck me was that a lot of my clients would come in and they would describe how they were feeling, but they would never really use the word burnout. And then when I would say to them, it sounds like maybe you're burning out. It's almost it's almost like all of a sudden it dawned on them and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. But I think the, the issue is like we're really familiar with the term stress, but with burnout, like everybody seems to have like a different idea of what it means. And um, people usually think about burnout as something that happens at the end where like I'm done and like there's nothing more to give. But burnout's really kind of a process that happens over time. And so part of what I saw as my mission, first and foremost, is to educate people on what burnout actually is and what you can look for in terms of symptoms so that you can identify it early and start to intervene. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I wonder, I'm curious, do you think like in that context when you're asking, you know, and asking for the word burnout, you know, do you think it's too taboo of a word? Um, you know, kind of like, you know, when we're growing up in school and you, you know, go into uh, and then you learn about sex education and you just, you know, mention sex, you're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, is it too taboo of a word, you think? Or is it, you know, why, why do you think uh, they don't associate what they're going through with the word burnout? So two answers to that question. One is I think that sometimes people just don't realize that what they're experiencing is burnout simply because they have maybe a different understanding of what burnout is. And I think on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are seeing it as taboo. And there's a couple of different reasons for that as well. One is that I've heard a lot of physicians actually talk about this that they feel really resentful to talk about them burning out when they see the industry as the problem, when they see their job as the problem. So like, how dare you talk to me about burnout? Like, how else do you expect me to feel given my circumstances? Um, And then I think there's also the taboo of the same thing that we see in mental health, right? Like, I don't want people to know that this is something that's actually happening because maybe they'll judge me. And I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be this resilient leader. I'm supposed to be this person who has it all together. I'm supposed to take care of everybody else. So I can't show any sort of weakness, right? So it's those kinds of things that sometimes get in the way of actually doing whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the the population or the subset that you're, you know, addressing are sounds like high level, you know, executive types, high achieving, high driven people, 
what was it about this demographics that you know appealed to you? Was it because um, you know it's a very complex um, you know type of situation that they're in because they're in leadership roles? Like, what was it that you know that you know drew you to this type of demographics as opposed to some uh, another subset? I would say it's probably twofold. One is that I could really identify with them because I'm somebody who's very driven. I'm kind of type A. <laughs> I always have something that I like to work on. Um, my dad would always joke and say, you know, so what are you doing for your 10 o'clock slot? And then what do you have going on for your 11 o'clock slot? Like he was always making fun of me because I, you know, tend to fill up the calendar. Does um, he still do that? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, um, you know, because he's kind of like the polar opposite of me. He like doesn't have much going on and he um, he's just kind of more impulsive. So he'll just find something to do last minute. So he's not bored, but I, I'm a planner. So I'll like plan some things to do. And I have a I'm also a creative person. So I'm always like finding things to to work on, whether it's for my business or for anything else that I'm working on. So um I think that's perhaps part of it. Um, and then I like them because, you know, if you think about it, what happens in coaching is you want somebody to show up motivated to do the work, to uh, focus on their own self-improvement. And I find that a lot of the people in this demographic, you know, whether we're talking about physicians or executives or people in really like high stress industries, these are people that care about their performance. And typically they want to do whatever it takes to better themselves. And sometimes that means that I have to lead with the end result of like, you'll get more done in less time, or you will have more productivity and kind <laughs> or of they just to check out. They're like, I'm not interested. I don't know what you're trying to sell me here. <laughs> well, you know, like sometimes you have to kind of meet people where they're at. And like, if that's where they're at and they don't really care about themselves and that's why they're burning out, we can talk about like how your productivity is going to improve. And we can talk about how you're going to feel more confident and you're going to overcome that perfectionism or the procrastination or anything that's uh, getting in the way of your productivity. But we can mm -hmm. also talk about how you're going to feel like you'll have more confidence and you'll overcome that imposter syndrome or whatever it is that could also be delaying your productivity, but also just improving the quality of your existence, you know, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I, I mean, I totally, uh, resonate and advocate for it. And, um, it's just really sad, you know, uh, for those in the audience that don't know, you know, we talk a lot about like physician wellness, physician burnout, physician suicide. And, you know, it might be, I guess, hashtags or trends, you know, to um, some ears. Um, but, you know, quite frankly, it's been happening for a, a while and slowly, slowly getting better, you know, as we create more awareness. Uh, Dr. Sharon, uh, do you have any personal experience, um, you know, with the uh, you know, burn out yourself, um, you know, in, 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 in involving with the work that you do, because um, I'm a huge advocate of uh, preaching what you practice and, you know, role modeling and, you know, doing the best you can, you know, for yourself to have to provide a better example, you know, for our patients and clients. So do you have any personal experience um, in terms of burnout that you can share? So I think that's what actually makes my story a little bit more unique because I find that almost all the people out there who do the work that I do have a personal experience of burnout. Some of them have multiple 
cycles of it. Um, and so they show up from their personal story and say like, this is what happened to me. Then I learned how to overcome it. And now I want to teach that to other people, which I think is great. Um, but like I said, my entire life, I've been driven by this value of lifestyle. And so I was very careful from the very beginning, from the get-go, to create my life in such a way where I can avoid that from happening. So I don't have um, much of a sob story to share, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, but what I can tell you is that I am very strategic. I'm kind of different from a lot of people in how they run their life. Um, and I guess that's, you know, part of what I bring to the work is how to help other people be more strategic, less reactive, uh, so that they can design their life on purpose to be whatever it is that they want to be. And oftentimes when people come to me, they are feeling really depressed, really, um, disheartened. A lot of times, especially with physicians, I hear that, um, They've kind of they've started to question whether medicine is the right place for them. Mm. And it's not because they don't love medicine, but it's because they just feel that it's taking such a toll on them and they don't know how to do it in any other way. And mm. so it's very heartbreaking to say, like, I love doing this work, but it's killing me. So I have to find something else. And I mm. always say to them, before you start to go in another direction. Let's first work on you and then see if when you've made these changes, you can do this work and have a different result. And from that place, you get to decide if you want to change careers, but don't do it from like an impu impulsive place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely agree with that. Filling up your own cup first before you know, you have enough to give to others. So um, definitely that self-care that we're going to go more into. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole foods, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything that I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is whole foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long. And you'll be able to finish this in an hour. 
You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C O L I N Z H U, on listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening. And now back to Thrive Bites. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So let's go back to basics a little bit. Um, can you um, help us define, you know, burnout in your own words, and help us to, you know, I guess uh, have warning signs or uh, red flags to know, you know, when am I burning out, you know, and um, you know after that be able to kind of minimize it. Yeah, well, that's a really good place to start. As I said, a lot of times people aren't really clear on how to define burnout, and so they're not identifying it in themselves. And so if you think about it, burnout is basically chronic stress, and chronic stress by definition means that you have stress that is happening and building, and there's like layers and layers of it over time. And if you think about what stress is, it's basically a perception that whatever circumstances you're facing, those circumstances outweigh the resources that you have to cope. And so if you are in a situation where you feel like you can't handle whatever the demands are on you, then that's going to feel really stressful. And if that's day in and day out, over time, that's going to start really taking a toll on you. And that's where burnout starts to happen. And when I say burnout, it's more than just like, oh my God, I feel so stressed because I have all this work to do. But it's also like, now I'm starting to feel the effects of that, where first thing you might notice is there's mental exhaustion. And what that means is that you're not able to focus as well. We were talking just a few minutes ago about productivity and how that can be negatively affected when you're burned out. And this is one of the main reasons why, because you just can't concentrate on your work, no matter how much you try, you know, your head's just not there. It's kind of like when you're depressed, you know, you can try as hard as you can to focus and to do all the work that you know how to do. But when you're in that mental state that prevents you from being at your best mentally, then it doesn't matter how hard you try. It's going to take you a lot longer. And even when you spend all this extra time, you might not be able to create those same results. So what happens next is that people find that they become kind of cynical and they have this attitude shift about their job and their ability to do it. And, um, it's kind of like, well, you know, so like who cares or what's the point or it's never going to change. Like it is what it is. Those kinds of statements just is an indication that you're burning out, right? If you're having those kinds of statements, because like that's not how you're supposed to be at work. If you know, I know a lot of times people are like, eh, it's just work. You know, that's how it is. It doesn't have to be like that, you know, and if that's yeah. how it is, then that's a wake up call for you to figure things out to make them better right? We didn't go to school for all these years to be a professional and then show up and have every day feel like something you have to dread. Like that's Mm -hmm. not the point of work. Um, And then ultimately, because your performance starts to decline, which is by the way, like the third symptom of, or the red flag that you can see with regards to burnout, 
it really affects your confidence. And that's why so much of this work is really mental because um, you start out with this perception about stress, right? That's what we said. You have some sort of circumstances, you have some perception about it. So that's kind of a mental process. Then you have this attitude change, which is also kind of some thoughts that you have, some mental processes over there. And then with regards to your performance, it starts to affect your confidence and what we call your self-efficacy. So basically what that means is your belief in your ability to do your work. So again, with all three of these flags of, of burnout, like basically what we're saying is they're all mental. And that's not to say that you know, your job isn't really demanding or that you don't have good reason for feeling the way that you do. But that is actually a really good sign that it's something that you actually can control, right? And that is part of the work that we do is learning to think differently, to perceive your reality in a new way that works better, that doesn't stress you out as much, right? And figuring out all kinds of mindset strategies and just like workplace and living micro habits that are going to allow you to have more energy and to just change how you feel about your profession, your job. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think having the proper definitions, having the understanding of, you know, when am I hitting this, um, I guess, red flag or this, you know, I mean, you know, if milestone is a good, good example, but you know, when I'm hitting this red flag to know like, okay, uh, it seems like I'm on the track, you know, towards that, you know, and then how do I readjust and how do I pivot um, uh, for that is important. So uh, definitions and, vo and just basic vocabulary goes a long way. So I really, really appreciate um, you sharing that. Um, my next question is, is that, do you feel like, you know, because we talk a lot about you know, you mentioned mental, right? You mentioned about, um, you know, mindset strategies and looking at things from a different perspective. Is it, do you think like, you know, uh, burnout is more of like a mindset, um, you know, perspective? Is it, you know, kind of like a physical issue or is it like a product of our environment? Um, because, you know, we also talk about, you know, on other episodes, on other topics, we talk about mental health and how so much emerging evidence and how that's connected to our gut health. So you have that, you know, physical, you know, relationship, but I'm just curious to see, you know, through your experience and through your research and all that, you know, how much is it, is a, is it more mental? Is it more physical, like in the body or is it a product of our environment or is it a combination of everything? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I'm a true believer in that mind-body connection. So it does have to include all of those factors. Our environment very much affects us. And so when I was talking before about creating micro habits, one of the things that I work with my clients on is trying to create a kind of environment that is less stressful. Um, and what that means is that maybe if you have clutter on your desk and you sit down to do your work, that is an energy drain right there. So how to keep your environment more organized helps you to feel calmer in the space. Um, when it comes to your body, I mean, if even if stress is something that starts as a perception and is mental, it has an effect on your body. And when you have that effect on your body, it can be something that zaps your energy and then you feel more fatigue and the more fatigue you feel like the less you're able to focus, like they're all interconnected. So I think they're important to focus on and 
I integrate all of those into my coaching because I know how everything kind of builds on everything else. So you have to be able to address all the aspects of your life because they, they do, you don't live in a bubble. You know, you can work on your mind all day long, but if your environment is really chaotic, it's going to have an effect on you. And if you're not taking care of your body, you're not sleeping enough, you're not exercising, you're not eating healthy, you're going to have less energy, you're going to be able to focus less. And so that's going to start that whole cycle of now I can't get my work done. And what does that mean about me that I'm not able to get it done? Right? Like, they're all really important. They go together. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is where, um, you know, we became such a very workaholic society. And, um, you know, either we're just, you know, conditioned or, you know, the the environment is just kind of built where you're just kind of going, 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 needing to make numbers, needing to meet a certain quota, um, or a certain number, you know, dollar sign, whatever have you, right? Um, I, I, how did, I guess my, my real question is like, how did this come to be? You know, like, I don't know if there's like a historical timeline where something happened in the middle of this trajectory that to say like, okay, guys, we have to increase productivity here, you know, and we need to do X, Y, and Z times a thousand, right? <laughs> so like, it, has there been anything over time that you can think of that might've maybe shifted this kind of, you know, dynamic? Because you could say, you know, maybe like in the urban, more metropolitan areas, and people are just kind of like, go, 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 you know, you moved over to, um, well, Florida, I don't really consider the East Coast, I think Florida is its own country, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from New Jersey, originally. So yeah, I'm from New Jersey, originally, and being in the tri state area, um, you know, of Manhattan, Connecticut, you know, it's very, uh, very go, go, go. And so, yes. you know, part of the reason why I left, um, to, you know, so we just kind of swap sides, but like how much, how much of it is like, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there anything that you've picked up along the way to say like, you know, society just became like this? It's a very interesting question because I think that we are really wired for survival. So if you look at how we were way back in the day, it was really more about like, I need to make money to support my family. We got to put food on the table. And then over time, things evolved. And I think a lot of it had to do with technology. Like the more you can get done with technology, the more the expectations started to rise. And then I think as a result of that, over time, the as the expectations started to change, our culture started to change. Like we now associate higher productivity with greater self-worth, right? Like I'm not worth anything if I don't create, if I don't produce. And so people's whole self-worth kind of got woven into their productivity. And that's a lot of the work that I have to do with my clients is to help them really separate the two because like it's been programmed in, right? Like you have to show something for yourself. And if you have nothing to show for yourself, then you are nothing. And that's so wrong. And I think people get that um, just so confused with the reality of the situation, which is that you are worthy regardless of any sort of productivity, right? Like if you did nothing, just you being alive, like you existing in the world, you have worth. And anything that you produce is completely separate. And it's kind of like the cherry on top. And that's not to say that you shouldn't produce anything in the world. But it's just that you shouldn't bake it into your self worth. It's just like two different paradigms. And so it's really important to 
kind of take take the stitches out of that <laughs> if, if you want to yeah, use a that, medical terminology, like yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like <laughs> if, if we've stitched those things together, you kind of have to pull that string out and be able to see oh, them as two separate. Yeah, you don't want to pull those out, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially when they're healing together. You don't want to pull. That out. Um, no, I am very very glad that you brought that up because. Um, so much of our self-worth, uh, you know, in this, um, you know, performance type of, uh, you know, or pr- productivity type of environment that we're always in, um, you know, so much is tied with that. Like you, you know, said, like, I, I, like, when has that been the most important thing in terms of, I guess, our self-esteem, how we view ourselves, you know, how other people look at us, um, you know, simple example is, you know, after the internet, you know, then you know, became social media. And now we're just bombarded with all these different things that we're, we're just conditioned to think like, oh, I have to look like this, or else I'm not worthy, right? And yeah. you can, we can see this, obviously, it is an entirely different topic, but we could see this in our younger generations um, that, you know, are tying this. So similarly, um, you know, meaning numbers and meaning dollar signs, um, it's just, it's just not right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like everything has been evolving rapidly, way faster than we've been <laughs> evolving in a way. So it's almost like you almost have to kind of slow down and l- allow yourself to catch up, you know, with the rest of the world, because it seems like it's just going by so fast. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I just did an interview with Ken Honda. And if you're not familiar with him, he is what they call Japan's Zen millionaire. Um, and he's written hundreds of books that, and he's given away like 2 million books. Uh, and his whole philosophy is taken from Zen. And he talks about this whole idea of how it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or almost no money, you have the same problems. And that is because you believe that you need to have more money and that's going to solve all of your issues. But the soon as you have more money, you just start to buy more stuff and then you're still in the same predicament and you never arrive. So this is what I call the arrival fallacy where you say to yourself, if only then, right? And yeah. it's it's like we're externalizing, we're, we're putting all of our power outside of ourselves. We're trying mm. to figure out how to heal ourselves by focusing on something outside. And that never works, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's burnout or your financial debt or anything else, it's like you can't look outside for the answer. The answer yeah. is always inside of you. And that's why I like the work that I do with burnout is so impactful because I'm teaching people how to take back their power, mm. right? And to recognize that it's not to say that it's your fault that you've burned out, but it's more to say that whatever's happened has happened. And now you get to learn how to do it differently, which mm-hmm. is actually really empowering. If it really was something external, then that would be very bad news because there'd be nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. that's how they usually come to me with that understanding of like, it's something external. I don't know what to do. Right. There's a lot of that helplessness. And then I'm like, no, like you can change this. You can actually have very different results because it's internal. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like uh, it, it kind of turns your head a little bit around where you're kind of like, I don't know what to make of this. Like, is this good? Is this bad? Like, I thought it was there and now it's here. And like, <laughs> So there's a little bit of that happening in the beginning. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of uh, Tony Robbins. And, uh, you know, he says this thing where 
you know, life doesn't, you know, happen uh, to you, it happens for you. And uh, it goes back to what you're saying in terms of, um, you know, it, you know, deriving your own strategies, like what are the solutions and it's nothing outside of you, it's actually all internal. So, um, you know, we're going to shift gears and talk about, you know, self-care um, in a bit after this commercial break. And uh, this is Dr. Uh, Sharon Grossman. And uh, we are here talking about how to prevent uh, burnout and optimizing self-care. So if you guys have any comments, questions that you want to ask Dr. Sharon, please, uh, you know, let us know and uh, type them in and uh, we'll be right back. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process. And learning about life was also a process and a practice. And that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She has given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before, both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. 
Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash TheChefDoc, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash TheChefDoc, T-H-E-C-H-E-F-D-O-C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. All right. So uh, for those of you who are joining us, um, this is Dr. Sharon Grossman, and we are talking about preventing burnout and optimizing self-care. So that's the next thing we're going to talk about is self-care. And, you know, nowadays, um, I feel like everything can be hashtagable. I don't know if that's an actual word you can actually use, but, you know, uh, a trend, a movement, um, and some some ways, you know, it can be a, a very positive, you know, things, and sometimes, you know, maybe not so much, and just to kind of create, um, I don't know, some kind of headlines or news, right? But in terms of self care by itself, um, how much is it? Uh, how much is it uh, a real thing that we actually have to pay attention to? And you know, what what would you say would be the first things that we need to start being aware of uh, to get started? So the way that I like to have people think about self-care is just your energy level. So one of the things that people can really relate to easily is their phone. So when you look at your phone, the first thing you look at is like, how much battery do I have, right? And then you can make a decision based on that that says, like, if my battery is at 10%, I plug it in. It's kind of a no-brainer. If my battery is at 90%, I probably don't have to plug it in. And I think you can think about yourself in the same way. Using that metaphor can be really helpful. So you have to tune into yourself and ask, like, where is my energy level right now? So if you did have a battery the same way your phone does, what would your battery be at right now? And that should dictate what you do. Do you then focus on getting work done or do you take a rest? Do you engage in tasks that require a lot a lot of mental energy or do you engage in tasks that take very little mental energy? Do you engage in tasks that are really complex or do you engage in tasks that are super simple? So those are the kinds of questions that you can answer based on your energy level. So I, for instance, if you have to sit down and like let's say you're a writer and you're going to have to really focus for two hours on writing an article or whatever, um, then you need to have a good amount of energy because as we said, it takes a lot of mental focus. If you're going to send out a simple email, that's something you can do when your energy is lower because it doesn't require as much. So you also have to be strategic about what you do when, and that's all really helpful. And if your energy is really lagging, that's an invitation for you to create some restful periods, re-energizing periods. So when we talk about recharging our phone, it's it's like there's only one solution. You just plug it in. But for us, it could look like a variety of different things. And for every person, it's gonna it's gonna be something different because what works for me may not work for you, Colin. So you know, for some people, it's taking a walk. For other people, it's maybe drinking some water, listening to some calming music. It can be 
doing a quick meditation. There's so many different things that you can do. If you're working from home, maybe you take a nap. You know, there's there's a whole variety of things that you could do. But the most important thing is not what you do, but it's when you do it and why you're doing it, right? So to get really clear on that can really give you some direction of what you need to do to really mm. take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the the cell phone battery analogy uh, because, in a way, it goes back to uh, the productivity and you know needing to produce. You know, at the end of the day, it's almost like you know we're just sought out to be you know machines. You know, but we are way more different, way more complex on uh, the machinery. Hopefully, we don't uh, you know become a in a, in a world where it's like what is that movie called? iRobot or you know, any other type of apocalyptic, you know, movies where the machines take over, you know, because we're just very, we're just literally wired differently. And, uh, you know, we're just, you know, very beautiful machinery and so many different aspects come in and out of us. So um, in terms of uh, self-care, what would you say are the biggest misconceptions about it? You know, what is it, what is, what is not considered self-care that people would commonly mistake it for? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure what people think might be self-care that isn't, but well, one, one thing that comes to mind is, so I was working with a client. He happened to be a physician and he had one day a week where he was working late. He'd come home, it'd be about eight o'clock and he just kind of wanted to eat really quick, kind of stuff your face and then sit down and watch some Netflix. Cause it's like, I don't have the energy to do anything else. Like nobody talked to me, everybody leaves me alone. I just want to be in my bubble. Um, and so I asked him when you get up off that couch after watching Netflix, how do you feel? Do you feel more energized, less energized, or just as energized as when you sat down? And what he realized was that he actually felt less energized afterwards. And so what I said to him is there's nothing wrong with making time for Netflix. It's entertaining. It doesn't take up like a lot of energy. It's something that you can do, you know, for fun. But you have to be really strategic again about when you do it. And if you're already low on energy and you want a little bit of a boost and that's actually making you feel less energized by the end of it, then that's probably not the best time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so he became really hyper aware of what he's doing and how it's making him feel. And that's what I really want for all of you to be able to do is to become more self-aware. What do I need right now? How is this activity that I'm engaging in affecting my energy? Is this the right thing for me in this moment? Or should I find something else? And the more you are tuned into that, the more you can create a menu of options that become your go-to. Like, you know, I know that when I feel like this, I do this activity. That should be something that you strive for in terms of your own self-awareness because it's going to really serve you. Um, It's kind of like how when we learn time management and kind of the whole productivity hack stuff, we learn about our natural rhythms and how we have some people have more energy in the morning. And so they should sit down and do their most challenging tasks in the morning. And other people are more night owls and they want 
everybody to go away and to be left in the dark without all the stimulation. And that's when they do their best work. That's something that you have to know about yourself. And based on that information, you're going to decide when you sit down to do that task that requires as, as much energy as you, as you have to give. And in the same way, in terms of output, you also have to think about input and what do I need to recharge my battery when I'm running low? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy in terms of, you know, those, uh, those Energizer Bunny, you know, uh, commercials where, you know, because I guess a different way um, I would have reframed the question is after you do a certain perceived action, um, you know, for yourself, for self-care, how do you know if it worked, right? Yeah. And, you know, you answered it beautifully, um, almost, you know, using a battery, you know, like, do you feel better afterwards? You know, literally, like, do you feel better? Do you feel more energized? Do you feel more fulfilled and satisfied, you know, afterwards? And if not, then we probably need to, you know, readjust. So I think that's a good barometer because you could just, you know, easily just feel like, you know, uh, it's kind of like your, your client that just says, Oh, let me just sit, sit on a couch and just Netflix. And then not knowingly that, you know, probably Netflix for them um, took a lot more energy than for someone else that actually, you know, maybe rested, you know, so, you know, they could have not, you know, do Netflix and maybe just rest, you know, so. Exactly. Um, and, and a great question to ask yourself to get that barometer going is to actually put a number on it. Like if you were a phone and you had a battery, what percent charge would you have? Would you say you have right now? And when I do this with my clients, they really have this aha moment. They're like, oh, I'm I'm probably at 10%, right? And I'm like, well, if you were your phone and you had 10%, what would you do? And they'd say, I would plug it in. I'm like, okay, so what do you need to do for yourself right now because you're at 10%? And so it's really great if you're going to sit down and watch Netflix to first kind of assess, like, where is my energy level? And then assess again when you get back off the couch, where is my energy level now? And that's how you start to learn what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, it's uh, it's a great analogy because we carry it with our, for better or worse, we carry our phones with us all the time. So um, I'm trying to do more humanistic analogies and I keep going back to the machines. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so my next question is, uh, you know, we're going to try to uh, conclude our session here, but, you know, over your, uh, you know, your span of your professional career and coaching all these wonderful people, uh, what would you say are kind of like your top three best strategies in terms of setting yourself up for success, you know, um, you know, either in terms of preventing burnout or improving self-care, like, is there do you have like a system and organization and infrastructure to this? Like, what would you say are your uh, top three best strategies for someone to kind of get started if they don't really know where to start? Well, I think one of the biggest things is really looking at your thoughts because they contribute so much to how you feel. So if you're feeling stressed out, then identify what is the thought that I have about my situation. And I think where people um, struggle is they skip that step. So they notice like, what are my circumstances? And how do I feel? And they don't realize there's like a step in between. And to be able to start to identify that is really helpful, because it's putting another piece of the puzzle in there. And then you can start to see, oh, it's because I'm thinking about it in that way that I feel stressed out. 
And then it invites you to look for alternatives. Like how else can I think about my situation? And so that would be like a really big mindset shift that you can do or, or a tip to really prevent burnout from continuing is to just notice that you have certain thoughts that are contributing to the problem. Another thing is to recognize that you actually have a choice in how you feel. And often what I'll challenge my clients to do is I'll say to them, okay, given your circumstances without changing anything, how do you want to feel, right? You're feeling stress right now. How do you want to feel instead? And they'll say, I want to feel calm. Most of the time that's kind of their go-to. And I say, what would you need to think in order to feel calm in this situation. And that's where they start to produce alternative thoughts. So this is, again, giving yourself back the power of being able to shift out of how you feel and kind of reverse engineer the whole process. And we can do that with regards to your results, with regards to your behaviors. There's all kinds of things that can come into place. Um, and then finally, I think the third thing I would say is overcoming the mindset obstacles to self-care. And that is that I don't have the time is usually what people say, or I don't have the energy. And I think if you're saying that, then you're doing it all wrong because you can't leave yourself for the end. You can't prioritize everything and everyone. And then say, if there's time left over, if I have energy left over, then I'll go exercise because that doesn't work, right? So you have to start with you and then plan your life around your exercise and your sleep and your meals and all the things that you need that are going to charge your battery. If you're not doing that, absolutely, you're going to burn out. No question. Yeah, yeah. So basically, to summarize it, prioritize yourself first. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, uh, we're gonna, you know, close out. Um, I guess what I'd love to learn from you is what do you personally do for yourself to prevent burnout and optimizing your self-care? Dr. Sharon? There's a lot that I do, but in a nutshell, what I'll say is I created a business where I love the work that I do. So I look forward to doing it every single day, and that's huge. Um, and in addition to that, it's about lifestyle. So I create my own hours and I'm very fortunate that I'm able to do that. Um, and so I start my mornings with exercise and meditation and all the things that help really center me so that I can be grounded for my clients. And then at the end of the day, I have time for my family. And so I'm sharing these really special moments with my kids and my husband and I cook meals for us every single night. And so we're eating really healthy food. And so we're putting all of these different things together, making sure, you know, I get enough sleep and all together, it creates this wonderful package that is my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, people hopefully can hear that and say like, okay, what does, you know, a nice package of self-care look for me? So, um, so I know that you have a business, you have, you know, coaching, um, tell everyone where people can find you, um, tell them about, you know, the book you've written and, uh, yeah. How do people, uh, you know, reach out to you? So my website is drsharongrossman.com 
And I have lots of resources on my website. My book is The 7E Solution to Burnout, as you mentioned in the beginning. And it's really a book and a workbook all in one. So if you want to coach yourself through burnout, you don't want to work with someone, this is a great tool because it's got a whole bunch of stuff in here for you to do that, as well as some online resources. And then for anybody who wants to kind of figure out what's happening with them, what stage of burnout they might be in and what they need to do next, I created a burnout checklist. And so if you go to bit.ly forward slash my burnout checklist, you'll be able to download that for free. And it'll give you a good sense of all the stuff that we covered today in terms of burnout symptoms, as well as what you can do moving forward. So I hope that's helpful. And again, thank you so much for having me on the show. No, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So guys, definitely check her out. Um, You know, she sounds like a wonderful resource, you know, get her book, you know, call her up and see how we could help uh, you um, being able to prevent uh, burnouts and optimizing your self-care. So Dr. Sharon, thank you so much for, you know, spending some moments with us and helping our audience and spreading, uh, you know, your wisdom and expertise. My pleasure. (laughs) guys thank you so much for watching Uh, if you like this please like comment and subscribe if you feel like this is a benefit for someone else please share with them as well and until next time uh, we will see you here um, every uh, uh, Wednesday at 5 next week we won't be here but the week afterwards we will so please say goodbye to Dr. Sharon bye everyone Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.